When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. We are back on a Monday. It is Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery today. Elijah Herbal and Will Wilson filling in for Chris Schmidt, who is in the air now, headed off to Indianapolis Big Ten Media Days, getting underway tomorrow. We're going to have a lot of good stuff coming your way, both tomorrow and Wednesday, with all our sit-downs out at Media Days, uh, from the Huskers to the opponents. I, I know Schmidt's had Fleck on for a couple years now, so it might be an interesting year to get Fleck on the horn. Uh, I know Joel Klatt joined us last year. It's really Whoever you run into down there, it kind of uh, turns into one of those happenstance type things sometimes where you, uh, you should get some people you don't expect. So we're going to have a ton of content for you guys coming Tuesday and Wednesday as a Schmitty in Indianapolis. I'll be chained to my seat here in the studio all day uh, the next couple of days, cutting up interviews, getting stuff ready for the shows. But uh, man, will it's y- you blink it, it's here. Big Ten media days getting underway tomorrow. Nebraska starts fall camp on Wednesday. Uh, you have... Uh, NFL training camps getting underway. The Hall of Fame game is a week from Thursday. I mean, huh. you blink and football season's here. It, it's it, it might that. be a, a, a gloomy and dreary day here in Lincoln, but everything's looking up with football season getting underway. And it's exciting, man. It's here, and uh, what a fun day that the team has tomorrow. I mean, they they are at Big Ten media days and they hop on a plane and come back for fan day. It's a quick twenty four hours. Yeah, that, or a long twenty four hours. That's why Scott Frost will be first to meet with the media tomorrow, as uh, he'll get up there and then uh, we'll knock our interviews out. Those those players will knock their interviews out then yeah you're right there on a plane back here to open up fall camp with fan day tomorrow night right and then you'll have uh the start of practicing on wednesday so wow it just with being week zero nebraska's a week ahead of everybody but it's still just kind of like i i feel like i blinked and july is gone yeah i know right it went quick summer's going quick we got to slow that down oh I'm, i'm ready for football season i'm ready to get it i'm ready to get it underway what would you rather have football season or a longer summer football season wow dude if you don't say football season, you don't love football enough. <laughs> well, that might be true. Some people love it. Some people, I mean, I, I love it for sure, but I also love summer. Well, the uh, the start of football season, the end of summer, means uh, one thing in particular for those working in the sports media industry. That is preseason polls. Nebraska uh, picked in the Cleveland.com poll. We'll let you know where here in just a second, if you haven't already seen on, on social media. A lot of reaction out there today. We also had from The Athletic uh, a Big Ten confidential uh, featuring thoughts from a couple of different um, individuals within the Big Ten. One, a Big Ten head coach, an assistant coach in the Big Ten West, a Big Ten staffer, a Big Ten analyst as well as a recently graduated athlete football player uh, who's uh, 
on their uh, the way to adulthood, but uh, still has fond memories of the Big Ten. All those uh, guys sitting down with the athletic, getting into the Big Ten confidential thoughts on Ohio State, Michigan, Nebraska, and more. We'll get into that a little bit later in the show. Coming up at 425, we'll have Aaron Sorensen with us as Aaron is on the way to Big Ten Media Days as well. She'll be joining us from the airport awaiting her flight as uh, we'll get her take on preview or uh, previewing Big Ten Media Days. Uh, maybe a little talk of Malachi Coleman in these uh, these polls. Uh, we'll have our fall camp bold projections from me and Will. And then uh, it's a Monday, so we will have another Monday edition with Charlie McBride to lead off Hour 2. All that coming your way on a Monday edition of Hail Varsity Radio. But, Will, let's start it off uh, with something I believe you guys talked about on the morning hookup this morning, uh, which was this Cleveland.com poll. They've been doing it for 12 years now. And uh, it's their preseason poll. They have gotten the Big Ten champion correct in three of the past five years, which is solid. It's pretty good odds. But, I mean, whenever you pick Ohio State every single year, you, you got a good chance at that. And they have picked Ohio State yet again this year as Ohio State, not only the unanimous pick in the Big Ten East, they're the unanimous pick in the entire Big Ten for being the champion. All 36 voters saying Ohio State will take down whoever comes out of the West. Uh, the West is a little bit more up in the air, according to the Big Ten voters, as uh, Wisconsin gets the first place uh, in the West Division with 31 of the 36 first-place votes, Iowa in second, Minnesota in at third. Nebraska not in at fourth. Nebraska all the way down in fifth place as Purdue gets the fourth spot in the Big Ten West preseason poll. Nebraska at five, Illinois coming in at six, and Northwestern at seven. As for the East Division, Ohio State with all 36 first place votes in the East. Michigan comes in at second, Penn State three. Got Michigan State coming in at fourth, and then Maryland, Rutgers, and Indiana round out the Big Ten East. Uh, The lowest point total these uh, all these people are ranked in a one to seven you get seven points for being in first one point for being in in seventh uh indiana with only 58 points in the east division northwestern got 61 <laughs> in the west uh, as for nebraska they come in well ahead of illinois illinois with 65 total votes uh nebraska with 123 uh, which is about 20 behind purdue who finished in fourth so that's what the preseason media thinks of Nebraska, Will, I want to get your instant reaction. This is something you've talked about a little bit on the show, so maybe you have some more informed thoughts than myself on this poll, and I just want to get your take. What do you make of Nebraska coming in fifth? Well, we are at the bottom of the conference. You know, that is the bottom half of the conference, but, you know, I look at the last few seasons, especially last season, and uh, really there's nothing that we've seen that the media members have seen to think, oh, you know, this team's going to be top three or, or take the division. You know, let's be real with ourselves. It Hasn't been pretty, and uh, you look at all the teams above us, they have been good recently, and, uh, you know, they got good recruiting classes. Ours last year wasn't exactly eye-popping, so I don't know. I I just don't think there should be anybody mad at this. I think it's pretty legit, and uh, we just got to prove them wrong. Do you know where Nebraska was picked in this poll last year, Will? Uh, No, I don't. Exact same spot, fifth. Really? Fifth, and they uh, they came in in sixth. Sixth. Um, Was it? Did they? Yeah, they got the tiebreaker with Northwestern. Okay, so they finished yeah. in sixth. Uh, I can do some research here and figure out what happened in 2020 as well. But uh, the Cleveland.com poll—they've they've been doing it for 12 years now. Uh, they have a pretty good methodology. 13 of uh, the 14 Big Ten schools they have a beat writer for, as well as some guys who cover the entire Big Ten and some national media members as well. Uh, so you have a good mix of those. And the the the, the theme of this year was no one knows what's going to happen in the Big Ten West. Uh, the Wisconsin was the favorite. Iowa received multiple first-place votes, as well as a seventh-place vote. Oh, good. Uh, you had Minnesota, who was picked anywhere to finish from second through fifth. 
Purdue, Nebraska, and Illinois were all picked as high as second, but all of them were also picked as low as seventh. So uh, Northwestern uh, was the one who came in seventh. They also had a third-place vote, though. So no one knows what's going to happen in the Big Ten West. The Big Ten West, no, yeah, uh, right. I mean, you just look at the, the, the division as a whole. Uh, with Wisconsin, you go, well, they've lost a lot on defense. They've lost a lot on the offensive line. However, they still have Braylon Allen, and you know what the Wisconsin way is, which is they always got a new offensive lineman waiting in the wings. They always got new guys on defense waiting in the wings. Jim Leonard's great. So Wisconsin, they're hard to bet against, especially with what you saw to Braylon Allen. You got Graham Mertz, who is looking to make a jump in year three. Yeah, I think it's year three. But, you know, I also think they don't really know with, with Wisconsin. You know, I, I think when it comes to that division, if you don't know, it's like, okay, we might as well just go with Wisconsin. Wisconsin's the best bet because um, of recent history with how they are always able to, to fill great players with other guys that are ready to, to fill their spot. And they always have a, a power running game, which is going to work well. And you know their power running game is going to work well with Braylon Allen because I do the beast. Yeah, he's a tank. Uh, but I'm not quite I'm – not, I'm not sold on him. I mean, they bring in this new O.C., I think uh, you know the head coach is calling plays again this this, Chris, this season, yeah. and uh, I think they're going to a more spread offense, which Graham Mertz hasn't exactly done yet. So I'm not I'm not quite there yet on Wisconsin. As for Iowa, you know their defense is going to be great. Uh, their defense that's been their third team over the past four years. Uh, we talked about that with uh, Brett Sianka last week, where he said I could just copy and paste my Big Ten preview for Iowa year after year. <laughs> it's question marks on offense. Uh, but you do have that great defense, especially their defensive line is going to be uh, a scary force in the Big Ten West next season. Their defense will be great. Their offense, they got to replace Tyler Goodson, the starting running back, and they like the two guys behind him. Sounds like a two-headed monster at running back this year for Iowa, but you still have one of either uh, Padilla or Petrus at quarterback, which will lose you games next season. So Iowa comes in at second, receiving three first-place votes. As for Minnesota, who I believe is only returning one offensive lineman. However, they do return Tanner Morgan and Mo Ibrahim. Yep. So you have your two best players on offense coming back, but you lose most of your pipeline, and you lose a, a decent chunk of your defense as well. They're in at third, and then fourth Purdue, fifth Nebraska. It, it seems like everything from two through six, maybe two through five, is a, is a crapshoot. I'm with you. I, mean, I would throw Wisconsin in there in terms of – you said it. I just don't know if anybody's like exactly confident on – on who could take this division. It's wide open, if well, you ask me. What everyone is confident on, that whoever does rise out of the West will be taken down by Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship <laughs> game. You have 31 people saying Ohio State, three saying Ohio State will be Iowa, and two saying Ohio State will be Minnesota. One way or another, though, it is an Ohio State win, and how can you bet against C.J. Stroud, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Marvin Harrison? It's that offense. That offense is going to be putting up 40-plus points per game this year. Yeah, well, and Ryan Day hasn't has only lost one Big Ten regular season game. To Michigan. Exactly. So, So. uh, Ohio State makes sense. But Michigan, they've lost Ojabo and Hutchinson, two guys that are hard to replace. I mean, it's mostly that defense, Dax Hill as well. Lost a lot on defense. Uh, But offensively, they're turning, I think, three offensive linemen. Uh, They're going to have a a quarterback battle between their incumbent, McNamara, and the five-star McCarthy, J.J. McCarthy. Uh, and that offense, I mean, it feels like they finally found their Big Ten identity last year under Harbaugh. Where, yeah, well, where you, they, they've kind of realized, you know what, we, we can out-physical everybody in the Eastern Division if we want to, and we're going to do that. So Michigan seems like a hard team to bet against as well, but Ohio State's nearly impossible to bet against. And then it's whoever else is left in the, in the East beyond that. Penn State, Michigan State are both – I see them kind of in the same way of a bit of a wild card in that East Division. They could be anywhere from – I think each of them could be anywhere from seven and five to eleven and one. Is Thorne still at Michigan State? 
Peyton Thorne, I think so. I think he is. I yeah. think he is. Uh, they had to bring in a new transfer running back. Yeah. Uh, his name is escaping me. Well, they uh, you, they hit the portal again hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know that Tucker can do that. Uh, but back to Michigan, I, I just, you know, they, they lose a lot of talent. They they bring in talent. Obviously, they can recruit. Uh, but it just it's a matter if that talent can fill in and, and fill in the spots that, you know, they lost talent at. I don't know, and I'm kind of I'm kind of confused by Harbaugh too. You know, this offseason he's like talking up his team, he's like saying how good they are, and he doesn't usually do that. So I wonder if that's him kind of blowing smoke. Uh, maybe he's not confident, or maybe he is. I just I, I can't read the guy, you know. And every single year, I feel like Michigan is is kind of that way. With you're not quite. I mean, nobody was expecting them to go win the Big Ten last season. No, nobody. Nobody and make, and make the playoff. No, because they had an unproven quarterback behind center. Uh, you didn't really know what you had really anywhere on that team aside from you knew Hutchinson and kind of Ajabo were going to be fine. But they, they just had one of those seasons, um, and, and they're trying to, to reclaim a little bit of magic. But at the end of the day, I, I look at this poll as a whole, and I don't think you can be mad as a Nebraska fan. I don't think you can be mad as a Big Ten fan about these results. Like I don't think anybody is either. You know? I mean, the, the, the thought around the country is what the I think a lot of Nebraska fans have, which is tepid optimism for Nebraska in terms of I think there are the pieces there to be good, but I'll wait to remain convinced before I actually throw my eggs in the basket. <laughs> we've, we, we've seen it last year. Last year, Nebraska had the pieces to be a good football team. Yeah. And they were a better football team than 3-9, and nine, but they're still 3-9 and nine, finishing sixth in the Big Ten West. So until Nebraska can buck that trend of having a good team but not being able to live up to their expectations, they're going to continue to get picked down and fit. So I don't think any Nebraska fan can sit here and be frustrated or angry that Cleveland.com is putting them in fifth. It's a good, it's a good spot for Nebraska to be in, to be fair. Just in terms of the fact that they have been falling so short of expectations every single year, I, I get it. Somebody who isn't around Nebraska not having any confidence in Nebraska being able to pull themselves up out of the cellar of the Big Ten West. You you don't want to be that idiot who puts them in second place and then they finish in sixth. But also, no, no one wants to be that media member. But also, do you have a good grip on a team like this that had to bring in a ton of transfers that you're having a ton of new starters? Fair. Does anybody outside of this state have a good grip on that? I mean, that's why Michigan State last year went and exceeded expectations. Right. Because you weren't 100% sure. I mean, you, not everyone in the transfer portal you find is going to be Kenneth Walker. Almost none of the guys you find in the, in the transfer portal are going to be Kenneth Walker. Yeah. And there's some argument out there that, oh, um, well, Tucker, he, he's an NFL guy. He understands how to plug in free agents into an NFL team. He can he plug, might. He, he can plug in transfers in for one year spot filling guys on his team and maybe you're reading way too much into one year him hitting the jackpot so that, that's kind of where Nebraska's at this year did they hit it right in the transfer portal and can he make those pieces work together who knows but we do have some thoughts from that Big Ten confidential in the athletic on Nebraska and what they can be this year uh, these people uh, they identified them as a potential breakout team that's the, the general way to put what these guys said a potential breakout team but again what we're saying earlier no one has the confidence to actually say Nebraska is going to go finish second in the Big Ten West. Nebraska is going to go win the Big Ten West because of what they've seen. Uh, the assistant coach that was uh, interviewed, the anonymous one, said, the culture over there is tied with that old school tradition. It's not a sickness, but it's living in the past, and I think these players suffer from that. I really do. As much as you try to change it, you're in this constant cycle where it doesn't get over the top because I don't think there's any consistency there. That's what he says about Nebraska. He went on to say uh, he doesn't understand why Mark Whipple came to Nebraska saying, uh, what happened there and how does that happen? You go to a program like that, if, and if they don't get this thing turned around this year, you're not going to have a, a job next year. That, to me, in and of itself, is bizarre. Yeah. I mean, I guess, but, I mean, you still get paid no matter what. Oh, yeah, you're, you're, it's, it's a retirement gig for Mark Yeah, Rebel. 
Right. He's coming here getting his money for his grandkids, his kids, whatever. I don't know about Mark Whipple's personal life, but you're you're getting that retirement gig. You're stepping up to that big Power Five school, and I, I think we've seen within the past week what Pat Narduzzi thought of him at, at Pitt. Yeah, maybe we don't know if you know if the relationship was good when he left, but but do you want to be the guy who? is leading the offense that is going to take a step back next season. There's no doubt that Pitt's offense is going to take a step back next season without a first-round pick leading the offense. Do you yeah. want to be the guy who catches the flack for that, or do you want to go parlay that success you had at Pitt into a bigger job, uh, get yourself some more money, and then ride off into the sunset? Right. I, I think it makes perfect sense to me. I, I think it does, too. And, you know, him talking about how, like, the culture is stuck in the 90s, like, the fans are more stuck in that than the players. Half the players don't even really know or care. But I, I think his argument is that, that the players are feeling the pressure of that old-school tradition. Sure. The fact that the athletic department as a whole wants to recapture some of that, so they're going through coach after coach, and uh, you're, you're trying different things, and there's always that pressure in the back of your mind that all the fans want you to reclaim that success, mm-hmm. and, it's kinda, and it's tied together. That's why he said it's not a sickness, but the players suffer from that. Mm-hmm. So... That's uh, anonymous thoughts on the Big Ten from uh, the coaches and some other guys as well. We'll have more thoughts on that story later in the show. But next, we'll have Aaron Sorensen joining us from the airport as she's off to Big Ten Media Days. Storm Chasers fans, suit up. My spidey senses are tingling. July 22nd is Marvel Night. While the ballplayers are wearing Black Panther jerseys, you too can be repping your favorite Avenger. My all-time favorite is Iron Man. Outside of the fact that he's downright awesome, his wit and sarcastic nature is similar to mine. So essentially, I am Iron Man. Thor will also make an appearance that night. When you say hi to him, make sure to say, Doth mother know you weareth her drapes? He loves that. Come be a superhero and watch the Storm Chasers take on the Iowa Cubs. Get your tickets now. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Elijah Herbal, Will Wilson rolling through a Monday edition of Hale Varsity Radio here as we get you geared up. Big Ten Media Days coming your way tomorrow and Wednesday as well before Nebraska opens up fall camp a little bit later this week. We're excited to be joined by someone who is on their way down to Big Ten Media Days right now. Uh, that's Aaron Sorensen joining us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And sounds like Aaron is trying to figure out a ride from the airport, hopping into an Uber right now. Is that correct? Oh, hello. If you just heard me, <laughs> um, yeah, it's exactly what you just said, trying to get out of the airport, get uh, to the hotel, and it's, um, I'm very fearful right now. You're going to get honked. <laughs> so you are, you are in Indianapolis. Yes, we are here. So that is the good news. You will have coverage from Hale Varsity tomorrow from Big Ten Media Days. There was no airport issues, which was great. First good. things first, do you have the, the dinner plan sorted in Indianapolis tonight? We haven't even really got that far, but I know the team is eating at St. Elmo's, so do we just go and crash the party? Mm, well, might have to. See, <laughs> for me, I'm like a more of an off-the-beaten-path kind of guy, though, you know, where if all the tourists go to this one spot, I'm going to go try to find that hole-in-the-wall spot that no one else knows about that all the locals rave about. You know, that that's me personally, but that might require a little too much legwork. I will say last year, Derek Peterson was the nicest. He uh, took me to a Shake Shack that was about 30 minutes mm outside of downtown so that's not really for the locals but it was something that we don't have in nebraska right. well aaron before we get too far into the weeds on big 10 media days the the story 
uh, from at least this morning, had some Husker fans talking, was that Nebraska was picked fifth in uh, the Cleveland.com poll. They've been doing that poll for 12 years now. Ohio State is the, the huge favorite to win not only the Big Ten East, but the Big Ten as a whole. Um, the Big Ten West, still, though, it, it feels up in the air, and that poll kind of reflects that with Nebraska being picked anywhere from second to seventh by different media members. So uh, the the wild, wild west, is, is that the, the best way to put it this year? Yeah, I mean, I've seen everyone, like you said, kind of anywhere from um, second to, like, it hits all over. I think I'm kind of, you know, it's it's five, maybe low, sure. But at the same time, Nebraska hasn't finished high enough each season in, when you think they're one and eight, or what, what was it, one and eight in the Big Ten last year. Um, it, it's hard to justify, I guess, for people who are voting that they need to be higher. So, you know, I'm not overly surprised by the placement. I think I probably would have ended up somewhere around like three or four because just the amount of new scholarship players that have come in, the changes that have made, everything, at least on paper, seems like this team should be better. But we've also said that many, many years. So I think at this point people are saying you kind of got to show us. You have to show us, and we'll go from there. So what does it mean right now? Probably not much. They'll either – exceed expectations or meet them <laughs> we'll find out <laughs> yeah we're, we're really in wait and see mode and you say uh, you, you got to show me before i'm willing to be convinced that this year is going to be different for nebraska so can you give me one or two of the things you'll be watching for on the the non-conference slate to say you know what this year could be different for nebraska are there any indicators you'll be watching for on the field to say you know what this year is different yeah i would say the offensive line is a big one how that how that shapes up is going to tell us a lot. What we see against Northwestern and then into that non-conference play, um, the, the offensive line has to be stronger. They're not going to be able to do what they want offensively if it's not. So that's going to tell us a lot. Um, and then beyond that, I think, you know, it, it just is kind of a – how does the team overall just respond to the changes in this offseason? You have pretty much an entirely new offensive staff. You have – Mark Whipple now making the play calls. Um, Scott Frost stepping into more of that CEO role, as far as we know, is that we end up seeing? Or does it kind of revert back to Scott making calls? We don't know. So um, I think if we – that's what I'll be looking at. One, offensive line, um, but then two, just overall how this team responds to those changes. And we hear a lot in the offseason about what they're – you know, how everything's going well. Again, kind of got to see it. So that's a big one for me to see, to see how they respond to those changes and see if this team meets what we've been told about them all offseason long. We're talking to Aaron Sorensen. Aaron, I know that you've been doing more recruiting work over with Hale Varsity. I wanted to ask you about Ashley Williams because he is committed right now, uh, but I saw that he's visiting Auburn, which kind of makes me scared. <laughs> well, I wouldn't be too scared. I think a bit of it is because he committed before Cameron Lenhart did, and you know Cameron is higher on Nebraska's board than Ashley is, and that's not to say that they couldn't take three edges. That is completely possible. They uh, potentially have the space for them, but depending on what they're looking for in this class, that might be one edge too many. Um, so that might be what's going on is he just wants to be sure he has a spot. And So um, I, I would say the fact that he's taking a visit elsewhere says you know something's going on, but at the same time, um, if, whether or not he stays in the class or not, Cameron Lenhart is still on commitment watch, and again, he's been higher on Nebraska's board for a while. So I don't think I'm too concerned there. 
So I, I don't, it would sting for people to just see a decommitment. But at the same time, if it ends up because it's a trade for Cameron Lenhart, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. So you, you mentioned Cameron Linhart. That's a name we've been hearing a lot here over the past couple of weeks. You also have Malachi Coleman, who just moved his uh, commitment date up into October. And it, it doesn't feel like Nebraska has all that many you know holes to fill within this recruiting class. Can, can you give me a number on maybe how many guys Nebraska might be looking to add before it's all said and done? I think they're not looking at any more than 18 in this class. So right now they're at 14. Um, depending on what happens with Ashley Williams, it could stay at 14 with Cameron or it could go up to 15. Um, I think, you know, obviously one of the spots would go to Malachi Coleman in a, in a heartbeat. There's no question there. I do think that they're still looking for a running back, uh, potentially another, you know, they, they could be looking for another defensive back. I think they have a little bit of wiggle room in some of the areas where they don't necessarily need somebody, but it would be a nice to have. So that's kind of where I'm, I'm at right now is I think they could be looking for another defensive back. They could be looking for another, they will looking for the only running back in the class so far. And then just maybe keeping a spot or two available. If somebody comes up that, you know, stands out their senior year because right now you know the senior season for so many they're already committed elsewhere but you never know someone might pop up on the radar Aaron Sorensen's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio talking recruiting and Big Ten media days which is what we'll get into right now and Aaron Nebraska going to be some of the first people uh, to, to talk tomorrow I believe Scott Frost is going to be first to the podium as Nebraska needs to get back into town for fan day and the start of fall camp so uh, with Scott Frost being first, you yet expect there's going to be some questions about uh, Big Ten expansion, uh, as well as uh, about this team this year with the, the new assistant coaches and the new players. So uh, can you give me one or two things you'll, you'll be listening for from Scott Frost that you, you think could be could be big insight into what Nebraska's got playing this fall camp? Yeah, I think we want to hear from him about just going into fall camp. Again, going back to Mark Whipple, he's he's the play caller. So I think he's going to be asked about that. How has that been going? How has that transition been? Um, he's going to be asked about the quarterbacks. He's not going to likely give anything away on that, but he's certainly going to be asked. Uh, Nebraska hasn't had a true quarterback competition um, like this in some time, so it's definitely going to be a talking point. And, you know, when you're the first one up, you do get asked some of those questions. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's not – um, you know, being asked about NIL and some of the things that we've seen about NIL and what he thinks about it. We've heard some of those things at SEC Media Days, but also, again, big conference expansion, get his thoughts on it. Um, but when it comes to Nebraska specifically, I think he's going to get asked about just how that transition has gone with the new coaches, especially Mark Whipple. But then also, you, like I said, you can't get through this without asking about the quarterbacks. We're talking to Aaron Sorensen. So it's a sh- kind of a short and long day for them. You know, they, they're in Indy, but then they got to come back and be at fan night uh, tomorrow night, and they start camp before a lot of other schools. Do you think that is an advantage for Nebraska? I mean, it seems like to me it could be, but then again, they got to play uh, before, you know, they got to play a real game before a lot of schools. Yeah, they did it last year with the Week Zero game. Obviously, it was a little bit different because they had a little bit of a different schedule. They're not having to fly. They didn't have to fly overseas last season for a Week Zero game. That's going to change things a little bit um, this season. But, you know, I, they, they've, they've done it once, having to get started early. Um, I, I think, if nothing else, it just kind of gets gets everybody off, <laughs> off the ground and running quickly. Um, so, I don't think it's too much to be worried about. Honestly, the biggest, again, going back to it, the biggest factor is that they've just done this last season, so it helps out. 
um, kind of gives them a little bit of a, we've done this, we've been through it, uh, we can, you know, get rolling quickly again. This is definitely very condensed. Although I will say, because I was reminded by my, um, all of my, like, this, on this day last year, um, Big Ten Media Days was actually last week last year, but I think, you know, the Big Ten didn't want to compete with SEC Media Days and kind of wanted to stay away from some of that. So um, it just feels more condensed because of the Media Day placement with Nebraska starting fall camp, but they're making it work. Erin, maybe one or two last thoughts here before I get you out. Uh, Can you tell me, aside from the the Nebraska people that are going to be there, uh, who are you most excited to hear from at, at Big Ten Media Days and why? You know, I'm always excited to hear from Pat Fitzgerald, and I think there's specific um, interest in that with it being Nebraska's first game playing in Ireland. But he's always really um, – he's just a good good coach to listen to. He's always really uh, fun to listen to at a podium. Um, but then I would say uh, P.J. Fleck is always an interesting one. At Media Days, he definitely commands attention, and I think this is one where he's probably going to command more attention this year. Um, but those are just on day one. As far as day two, I think – Hearing from Ryan Day, Paul Chris, those are always like, it, it's always interesting to hear from them as well, but like, especially with Ryan Day and how opinionated he is on NIL, um, I, I look forward to hearing more from him on that. Aaron, last thought here before we get you out. Will and I are going to get into our bold predictions for the Big Ten, or sorry, Nebraska's fall camp and maybe the Big Ten West as well after the break. So can you give us uh, a bold prediction of yours for something uh, that might come up during Nebraska's fall camp, whether it be a, a player entering the starting lineup, uh, what we hear about the offense, just, just a bold prediction in general. Oh, gosh, it can't probably be. It's probably not very bold to say that I think Kate Thompson is going to be Nebraska's uh, starter. Um Here's here's a bold prediction, and I I feel like this this is probably not going to feel bold. I feel like Logan Smothers is going to be the backup to Casey Thompson, and that's not because I think Chubba Purdy is like third on the list. I just I, I think it might be actually something where we see the three of them come in depending on the situation through the season. But I'm kind of sitting here thinking like maybe it's uh, Casey one, Logan two, and then Chubba kind of it's like two A and two B, but like. I think we're going to be surprised by Logan through this fall camp. I think some people are kind of forgetting him in the conversation, but I've heard some great things about him and the work he's put in this offseason. So we'll see. We'll see if any of that ends up being right. But like, I feel, I feel like he might surprise some people. Here she's Aaron Sorensen with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. You can find her on Twitter at Aaron Sorensen. Check out her podcast, the Mind Your Own Podcast. And uh, check her workout on HaleVarsity.com as well. Aaron, appreciate you uh, taking some time for us in a busy travel day. Of course, thank you. When you think of Union Omaha, what comes to mind? The high level of play, the inviting atmosphere, the amazing promotions, huh? I spoke to a former player, and when I asked for one thing that made playing for Union Omaha so special, he responded with the people, his teammates, the staff, and the fans. The super passionate, crazy awesome fans, that is. Why am I bringing this up? Because I want to remind you that the people are just as important to the team as the team is to them. There are plenty of matches down the stretch, and we want to see you in the seats. Get your tickets now now before it's too late chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show chris at hailvarsity.com just try me try me back to hail varsity radio Rolling through a Monday edition of Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Big thanks out to Erin Sorensen joining us as she's on her way down to Big Ten Media Days. 
Uh, she's going to be checking that out. Schmitty will be down there as well. I guess Down there, I guess Indianapolis is north of Lincoln. So maybe out there. I think that's a better way to put it. They'll be out there up Tuesday there. and Wednesday. Up there. Up there just feels a little wrong, too. Why? I feel like up there is more like Minnesota or South Dakota or something like that. That's out there. It's north. Northeast. Still like north. <laughs> it's still it's still above us. The semantics don't matter. They're 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 going to be in Indianapolis. How about that? They'll be yeah, in Indianapolis good. the next couple of days. As uh, I know, Schmidt and myself will have some uh, really really cool content coming your way over the next couple of days, and uh, we'll be posting all that up on our Twitter page, and you can also check it out in podcast form. Uh, ESPNLincoln.com and the uh, full podcast also can be available over the next couple of days. As uh, Schmidt will be, I guess. At ground zero on the ground floor doing uh, all the legwork for us. So uh, Schmidty's got a busy couple days ahead of him, as I do as well. And uh, Big Ten Media Days kind of kicks off the start of uh, not only football season for, for Big Ten fans, but this year for Nebraska, it kicks off the start of fall camp as that's getting underway. Football season is here, and uh, we're going to get into that here in just a second. But a reminder... Feel free. Give us a call. Give us your bold predictions for Nebraska's fall camp. 402-466-3776. That's 402-466-ESPN or 800-825-5865. That's our toll-free line for our callers across the state. Feel free to give us a call. Let you know what you think because Will and I are going to be getting into our Nebraska bold predictions for fall camp. And uh, I think we might even extend this out. It could be any sort of Big Ten West team bold prediction, but primarily focused on Nebraska. And I, hmm. I, I'm not entirely sure where I want to go for my bold prediction because my my inspiration for this segment was something you used to listen to every single Friday uh, heading to school. Mike and Mike in the morning used to do a great segment called uh, Predictions Sure to Go Wrong. And I don't want to get sued. I don't want to get copyright infringement for that. Um, well, so, they're, they're no longer a thing, so I think we're good. I, maybe we are. And, and I don't want these predictions to be sure to go wrong, but I do want them to be bold. Bold enough that we're not going to get 100% hit rate on them. So maybe predictions sure to go awry. Maybe that'll sidestep it just enough. Okay. Anyway, these predictions, um, I'm not saying they're going to happen, but I think uh, there's enough steam behind these that they could happen during fall camp. Okay. And, and I've got three for you. I'm going to start it off with the quarterback position. Okay. And I'm not saying that Chubba Purdy is going to come out of this fall camp as the starter, but I think there's going to be real competition there, and this kind of extends out a little bit, but I do believe Chubba Purdy will start at least one game for Nebraska this season. Hmm. And I think there's going to be some serious momentum towards Chubba during fall camp. And I say that because this weekend, uh, I talked last week about how we did, we did a film study of the offensive line. I went and did a little film study of what I could find of both Chubba Purdy and Casey Thompson. Okay. And I really, really like what I see out of Chubba. And I know we, whenever Chubba first committed here as a transfer, went back and checked it out and went, yeah, this stuff looks good. But then you watch it back again, and when you compare it directly to Casey Thompson, I think Chubba Purdy, in terms of tools and skill set, may be the more talented quarterback of the two. And I'm not saying he's going to be the better quarterback on the field, but in terms of what a quarterback is supposed to do, arm strength, uh, placement on his on his footballs, how quickly he gets the ball out, how quickly he makes his reads... Um, that's the main thing I'm impressed with is is Chubba didn't seem to be that that type of guy who was going to hold the ball and get sacked. Where I did see that from Casey Thompson. Casey had some hesitancy last year during a couple games, uh, and behind a bad offensive line, uh, that I mean that's what we've seen from Nebraska the past couple years. We've seen an offensive line that's not necessarily up to snuff. You want a quarterback that can make that read quick and get the ball out. 
We saw some problems last year with Adrian making that that first read, getting locked in and throwing picks. But I think it's better to have a quarterback with a quick trigger than a slow trigger. And I think that's why I think there's momentum in my mind towards Chubba because he can already make all the throws. He was in an offense already that was kind of predicated on making those quick reads and making the throws right. And I think he's going to give himself a, a really good shot at at least earning his some, 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 eh, earning himself some playing time this year. So you're saying that without the thought of Casey getting hurt. Right, like you're you're thinking that with a healthy Casey Thompson. So basically, you're thinking that Purdy beats him out straight I, up. I didn't put any stipulation on it. Okay, no, I, but I, I think do, that's a big thing. I I do believe Chubba Purdy starts a game. Could it be because of injury? Sure, but okay. I, I think how I'm making this prediction is that yes, at some point this season, whether it be um, Casey Thompson is banged up during a week and doesn't get as much preparation, he's ready to go for Saturday, but Chubba still gets to start because he's had more prep time or something along those lines, I think Chubba Purdy starts a game. Okay. All right, one of my uh, bold predictions here is that Noah Pola Gates starts. That's it, very, very In bold. a game. Yeah, that's, that's right. I don't, obviously, he's not going to start at the beginning of the season, but, you know, he's stuck around, man. Uh, he, he's been fighting. He's been working hard. You, you've heard the coaches talk about him. So, so you're saying he, he could be this year's Ramir Johnson, a guy who's going to start fall camp down the depth chart, yeah. rise up through fall camp and – by week one or week two, they 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 maybe throw him into the fire. So some, yeah. sometimes somewhat early in the season, based on what he did in fall camp. I think I think it's gonna I think his time and his hard work here is gonna pay off at some point this season. And uh, yeah, I I, th- I think he he finds a spot on the field at the beginning of a game. That's I like that one. I'll, I'll I'll stick with the defense here, and I'll predict that other corner spot across from Quentin Newsom. Another bold prediction. I'm not sure how bold this actually is, but I think Tommy Hill is your starter. For, for the yeah. Northwestern game. It sounds like there's a lot of work that needs to be done in terms of him picking up the playbook and picking up what he needs to do. Okay. But I think Travis Fisher is going to be a, a guy who knows how to get his best player, his, his best athlete in that defensive back room onto the field. And I think Tommy Hills, I mean, with the the reputation he's got behind him and some early returns on what they've seen from him, I think he's probably one of the most athletically gifted guys in that room. And I think Travis Fisher is going to find a way to get him ready for week zero. I think Tommy Hill is going to be your starting cornerback opposite Quentin Newsom. All right, uh, here's my next one. You might want to hold on to your seat for this one. Now, we, we heard Mickey Joseph on Sports Nightly the other night, you know, mentioned a lot of wide receivers, did not mention Omar Manning. But I think Omar Manning becomes the man this season. The number one receiver? I wouldn't say the number one receiver, but I just think he becomes a reliable option. He gets those yards, and I, I don't think he goes away. Well, if he's like the guy that whoever is behind center, but I'll say Casey Thompson, if he's the guy that Casey Thompson is, you know, um, going to be relying on, not necessarily as the number one guy, but he's going to be the guy when all else fails, he goes throws the ball to Omar, I can see that. I, I think Trey Palmer might be the guy who is um, your quote-unquote wide receiver one, the guy who's got a, a lot more plays drawn up for him to get him into favorable matchups. But I think yeah. I, I'm with you that Omar Manning could be that guy that's the most reliable receiver in the offense. He's going to be the guy. Trey Palmer might have more explosiveness, might have more long plays, but Omar is going to be that that reliable guy for you. I, I can see that. He's stuck around, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if, if it sounds – I don't know what the situation is. Uh, you know, he obviously dealt with some things, but he's stuck around. He's still here. Uh, you know, he spoke highly about Coach Frost. You're, and, just, you're just waiting for him to pop. Yeah, well, and not saying he didn't last year, right, because he did make a few plays last season. But it didn't feel like that pop that we've been waiting for. No, definitely not. Definitely not. From the, I mean, the expectations we placed on him from coming here from, I believe it was Kilgore Community College, number one JUCO wide receiver in the country. You're expecting big things out of him early. Hasn't necessarily filled those shoes just yet, but he's getting there. I, I think this year could be the pop for him. 
That, that's, a, that's, a, that's a fair, bold prediction for fall camp. I like that. A few more small ones. I think Tyreek Johnson makes an appearance. How about that one? Ooh. Yeah. We, like he probably one. didn't even think he was still on the roster, did you? You don't hear from him at all. You don't hear about him at all. And then I also think Caleb Tanner gets eight sacks. Okay. Eight sacks. So that was going to be my last bold prediction. Was, is related to Caleb Tanner. What were you going to say? I, I think the two guys that are going to be your starting edge rushers, if you will, against Northwestern, the first guys on the field are Caleb Tanner and Garrett Nelson, and Oshawn Mathis starts the first series on the bench. Wow, that is pretty bold. That's my bold prediction. I, I think Tanner and Nelson have been there. They've done that. They know the defense. Oshawn's going to be a, a reliable piece of this defense, but I don't think he starts against Northwestern. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Getting close to the end of hour one here on Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. It's Elijah Herbal and Will Wilson filling in for Chris Schmidt as he's on his way to Indianapolis for Big Ten Media Days. Schmidt will be checking in from Indy both tomorrow and Wednesday. So a road show, I guess, technically over the next couple of days as uh, football season is upon us. The countdown has been here, and I guess the countdown remains on for Dublin, but fall camp gets going Wednesday. I uh, know NFL preseason gets going next Thursday, and I- I'm prepared to say this week, this is the week where I can say football is here. <laughs> it's not back, but it's here. It's football week, baby. So uh, we're really excited for that. We had Erin Sorensen this hour. She was at 425. We'll have that posted up on ESPNLincoln.com if you missed it. For here momentarily, we also had our fall camp bold predictions which uh, if you agree with them if you disagree with them you can give us a call 402-466-3776 or you can tweet at us and tell us how wrong we are how right we are whatever you want at herbal essences for me elijah herbal and at willie on the radio for the man sitting right in front of me will wilson and Will, before we get out of here this hour, I got one more to pose to you mm-hmm. one more bold prediction all right which i'm not sure how bold it is and that's why i've saved it for later Okay, And it's that Anthony Grant will be the starting running back for Nebraska against Northwestern. And I think there's going to be three guys at least that are getting carries against Northwestern and are in the game plan. And the three I think of are Ramir Johnson, Jock Yant, and uh, Anthony Grant. But I've been on the Anthony Grant hype train since probably the spring game. Really ever since he he decided to, to... to commit to Nebraska, seeing his JUCO highlights and what he could do down at uh, the New Mexico Military Institute, I was like, wow, you know, this guy's legit. Um, but I wasn't sure I was going to translate to Division One. Then I watched him in the spring game behind a patchwork offensive line, still making plays, and I, I think I'm prepared to say that I'm I'm predicting Anthony Grant will be the the running back one against Northwestern. It's pretty bold. It's pretty bold because there's so many people in that room. It's hard to really pick one out. Um, also, he's new. He's a transfer. You know, he hasn't done anything yet in a Husker uniform. So, yeah, definitely. I think that's bold. Um, but, yeah, you know, we've heard a lot about him. We've heard a lot about him. We've heard a lot about A.J. Allen as well. Mm-hmm. A.J.? A.J. A.J. Okay, my bad. A.J. Allen and Emmett Johnson are the two the two youngsters in the room that are going to be trying to, to make some noise. But Oh, man, it's going to be fun the, to watch. The competition's crazy. It, it is. And Ramir, who you know stuck around, battled to get that starting spot, he's not laying down. He, he'll have a role in this offense. It. He'll have sure. a role in this offense. Uh, the other name I think of that is going to have to compete his tail off in fall camp to get some playing time is Gabe Irvin. Mm-hmm. We saw the talent last season, and uh, apparently he was really valuable uh, he was. With, with, with how he picked up the playbook and how he picked up pass protections. And uh, you, you were expecting him to get there running the ball until the knee injury. So he's going to be guy. I think he's going to have to work his way back into playing time just because of how much added competition there is this year. I'm not ready to count him out Yeah, in, in terms of a guy that can make an impact. I, I could interchange Gabe Irvin in for Jack Yant. 
Um, but the, the two guys, and maybe I'm just going to be, I'll save this and I'll, I'll come back in uh, September and maybe I'll just be, look like a complete idiot. But I, I think the guy to beat right now is, is Anthony Grant. Okay. And I think everyone else is going to be lining up, trying to get spot play time behind him. And they're going to rotate backs. That, that's the way of college football nowadays. But yeah. I, I think he's the guy to beat in that room. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's going to be tough, especially with, um, you know, like you said, uh, Gabe Irvin. The coaches loved him. You know, that's why he started that one year. So I wonder if that love is still there. And uh, as far as Yant, you know, he's just a good weapon to have. Well, that'll do it for us here. Hour one, that is, of Hail Varsity Radio. We'll be back next hour. It's a Monday, so Charlie McBride will join us after the break. We'll also have some more thoughts from that Big Ten Coaches Confidential. All that coming your way next hour on Hail Varsity Radio. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmidt underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmidt. Back in for hour two of Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Schmidt's off to Indianapolis with Elijah Herbal and Will Wilson taking you through on the show today. And it's a Monday. You know what that means. Another Monday with Coach Charlie McBride. Charlie, joining us again. Uh, so kind to join us here on a Monday. And Coach, what, what are you up to? Uh, what, what, what's on your uh, your Monday agenda? What have you gotten done? What's What's still needing to be done? Well, they got all the kids here, so I'm starting to repair. They're getting ready to most of them leave, and I'm making all the repairs that need to be made after they leave. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, I'm just, I'm just hanging in there. Beautiful day, I'm telling you. It's just, you almost can't just sit there and in the breeze and the sun and enjoy it. But got you got some chores to do, so you do them first. Well, it's beautiful in more ways than one because football returning to us this week. The Big Ten media days tomorrow and Wednesday, <laughs> and then Nebraska opens a fall camp a little bit later this week, and uh, NFL training camp's getting underway. we got the Hall of Fame game coming next week. Did it, did it sneak up on you as much as it snuck up on me, football season being back? <laughs> well, I just I, I have to laugh because I don't know how many of those things I went through and of course, all the guys that are retired, you know, went through the same thing. And uh, I don't know whether they should. I heard one guy call it a liar's holiday, but that's—I don't know whether that's—that's <laughs> kind of cruel. But uh, you know, it's—it's it's one of those things that does help depress a little bit. Find out where the coaches think they are, and um, <clears throat> you know, and it's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's kind of important to to the conference that you know, that people get to hear the coaches before, um, you know, the season starts and 
I always thought it was a bunch of fun because some of these guys do like each other, <laughs> you know, and they get a chance to say hello to each other without having to bang heads. <laughs> Charlie McBride's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Charlie, before we get into, like, the nuts and bolts of football, is there the other side of things as well? Do you have those coaches that do butt heads that have to, you know, stay 30 feet away from each other at Big Ten media days? Do those sorts of things happen behind the scenes where – two guys are avoiding each other because they know it's the, there's going to be some issues if they ever come face-to-face? Well, I think there are, but uh, normally I think they pretty much save that for a private conversation on the phone. If, they, if, if somebody is, you know, I mean, if somebody that may want to cause some out, trouble outward, outwardly and he gets in the press, that's nothing more than a, a you know, it's a pain for your team to, to know that, all that stuff. And, um, especially when you're trying to convey, you know, that the old saying that the good play the good. And, um, you, in other words, to be, in order for you to be good, you got to play the best and you have to play your best to be the best. So, you know, those are the things that coaches are more worried about, I think, right now than any individual stuff. Well, how good of a sense of, of what they have within their team do you think coaches have as they go off to media days? I mean, you haven't started up fall camp. You've made it through spring ball, and now at the era of the transfer portal, you have additions coming in throughout the summer. So do you actually ha- have a good sense of, of what your team is whenever Big Ten media days come around, or is it all still uh, – a little bit unknown. You maybe have an idea out there, but it's still more unknown. Or do you have a good sense of what you're going to be? Well, if you take a team, say, let's just take Indiana, for example, and, and, and Nebraska both, there are so many changes that went in the off season um, that, that it's, it's, it's kind of a thing where it's, you never want to say anything you have to take back. That's number one. And number two is you don't want to go over the top and, think you know you're something that maybe you're not and uh, so you, you just kind of try to try to go through it uh, you know kosher <laughs> I'd say just go through it slow and easy and uh, don't don't promise anything and and just try to make the fans you know feel like at least there's something in in front of them we're talking to Charlie McBride and coach we got fall camp starting this week and I was wondering what was your approach when fall camp first started you know were you working them as hard as you could right at the beginning or did you kind of ease into things well i think you know one of the things that it took a lot was that you know at this time of year you got to really be careful with the temperature uh that that's the first thing that a lot of people don't think too much about because uh you know when you're trying to get in shape you don't want to try to get in shape a football shape in one day and so I think most of it is teaching. Most of it is pretty down to earth, uh, putting in insertions and uh, plays, defenses, things like that. Uh, as you know, there most most schools, even when you're hitting, you don't, you know, that doesn't happen on the first day by any means. So you give them a couple of days. I think it used to be where we had three three days without pads, uh, so it was pretty much. Uh, teaching thing, especially, uh, you know, when you put anything new in. Um, and so a lot of walk-through type of stuff and then some teamwork and things like that. Uh, the live work you can't do without pads and things like that. And so you're pretty careful with them for the first three or four days because 
you know, banging around isn't going to help you. Kind of adding to that, Coach, you know, I'm sure you expected a lot of your guys to show up and, you know, you I'm sure you expected them to be doing work and during the summer, you know, conditioning and all that. So I'm sure it was kind of easy to tell when guys would show up and uh, you could tell that they weren't. Right. That's right. Well, you know, usually you have a good review from the other players who was there, who worked hard, who did that, and the weight coaches who run the program you know, can give you a full outlook on pretty much how each player does. We went through a a goal-setting period before they left for the summer. So you get your players individually and you go through, you know, maybe they have a testing program for the first day or two. I don't don't know how they're doing it now, but (laughs) to see maybe where they really were, if they, you can kind of tell a little bit by that. Uh, and and a lot of times just by their weight, how they, you know, some guys that are, you'd like to lose some weight if they did it, but then that's terrific. If they didn't, they they don't even look good <laughs> usually. So so that, that, that comes down to, a, you know, an individual thing, and you can tell a little bit what their attitude is through how they, what kind of shape they're in. Tell me, Coach, in the last couple days before fall camp, were there any special traditions that you had? I mean, they say nowadays that the coaching grind never stops with the era of the transfer portal and how much you have to recruit your own kids. But there's always been an aspect of the fact that the coaching grind never stops. So would you stop and give yourself a break before the grind of fall camp would come up? Or what did those last couple days before fall camp look like for you? Well, we spent our time the last – we were pretty much from August 1st on – uh, we were we were at the grinder, you know, at the time, and uh, it was it was you know it was pretty you know, seven days a week. Uh, although uh, we had usually one day off, a couple of we as I remember, we'd come back with probably two weeks le- before any of it. We were sure to get everybody back off vacation and everything because we had prepared a lot of it. And, um, you know, in the summertime before we all went on vacation, that, that time was spent not only now it's spent with recruiting, which is doubly hard, I think, on the coaches to do recruiting and take care of football and have visits and do all that stuff. Um, that's a little that's, – that's tough duty to and, and prepare for a, a team, um, you know, to get ready to play. I think we had a little bit – more time to pre- to go ahead because we had some dead periods in there, of course, that we couldn't recruit, and um, uh, that was spent on football time before the season. Coach Charlie McBride's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio talking the start of fall camp. And, Coach, uh, once camp gets underway, I mean, there's some guys that are new to this Nebraska program where we, the fans, don't really know what to expect uh, from these guys, and the coaching staff probably has a better sense, but were there any guys throughout your coaching experience where you got to the first day of fall camp and your eyes just went wide open because you saw what a guy could do and you weren't necessarily expecting any of those guys that you have, like, just that first day of fall camp wow moment? Well, I think, you know, that's the first time of fall camp. That, and even even so, yeah, I don't think you ever truly can find out how what a player's like until you get them in the game. You know, where you're not banging on each other. Um, you know, you're playing in competition. Um, there's a lot of players that uh, maybe will surprise you. There's always somebody that, you know, you didn't think was as good as he is. 
you know, when he gets in a game. Um, and, and so those are, those are the things you're looking for. You're looking for how a kid reacts to competition outside of your team. Um, and, you know, how, how the teams play together as a unit. Um, and, and, you know, those are the things that are hard. And, and it's doubly hard when you have all new people. Because I even mentioned this to our own guys way back when, when we had about 140, 150 guys on the team, that some of them don't even have never even met each other or shook hands with each other, even though it may be a one team, first team and a fourth team guy. It's still important that everybody knows everybody. I mean, it, it, as best you can. So, um, you know, those are the things that you, you try to emphasize again. Uh, just going into the first day that, uh, you know, that you, you know, if you get a kid, somebody in the locker room you haven't known or you don't know and he's new, you need to be sure. And, you know, if you didn't get the chance this summer, you need to be sure and try to acquaint yourself with each other as, as best you can because you're going to be playing next to each other and for each other. Coach, I'm sure you remember a lot of your, your fall camps. What was one that, you know, what was it was a struggle. You know, I'm sure a lot of them were were good because you, you had good teams yeah. back then. But do you remember one fall camp that was kind of a struggle? Yeah, yeah. I, we we had uh, I don't know how many days of 107 plus in a row, and the humidity was out of sight. And we had a lot of guys in the on their backs in the training unit room with the needles in their arms. You know, it was a tough needle, a tough tough deal and you had to really be careful with what you were doing um you know just to give you an example with the uh, because i coach the defensive line and offensive line are, are work together actually we were we spent a, a, a period where they taught each other and uh, they split up into groups of two and then one kid would make a move or do something in his pass rush and he would explain what he's trying to do to the offensive guy. You know, they'd be doing it, but it wouldn't be at full speed. But it would give that offensive guy that little bit of a knowledge of what, what the defense is thinking about doing with each of the different moves that, that that person used. And each person has a little different stuff, you know. And um, so it gives the offensive guys. And then we would switch. And they just kind of rotate around and so you get about 15 minutes, 20 minutes of that kind of thing, you know, to give them a little bit of a timeout, and then you'd probably go to some teamwork and stuff. But uh, the, the weather was really tough. It was tough on everybody. I mean, he is tough on the coaches. It was tough. And when you're going two-a-days, uh, I remember out at Arizona State, we had to go in the mountains. Uh, you know, when I was coaching out there, it's so hot down in the valley that you just had to get out of there. And we went up in the mountains you know, 1,200 feet, <laughs> you know, up there. And and, and had a, we had a football field up there, and it also was an art camp. They used it for students after we left. But, uh, you know, that those the, the times of the weather is probably the biggest challenge you have, both all over the country. Because uh, of uh, well, you have to go to Florida, it's the humidity too, and everything. So that's when you find out what kind of guys. If you really find out a guy's in great shape, then that's when you'll find out right away. 
Does that bad weather, does that make it tough to install what you want to install and make you behind for week one, or is that toughen you up? Which side of the coin is that? <laughs> well, the, the weather and everything, you know, the, 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 the stress you have on your mind is, if you're tired, you're not very good at, at, at you know, listening and things like that. You're, you're kind of concerned more about yourself, you know, even though you are you don't think that way, you know, you do think that way. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just the teaching part of it and everything. So that you want to be sure that you get those things through them in the early part of camp. You know, as much as you can, the mental part of it, when you're not really hitting and banging around. But when you get that humidity and that really hot weather, it is, it is really, it's really something. It's, it's tough duty. Charlie McBride's with us here, a Monday edition of Hale Varsity Radio. And Charlie, last thought before we get you out of here, fall camp opens this week for Nebraska, so you know what, that's what the coaches are going to be doing. But now that you're a retired coach, what, what's on the docket for you? <laughs> well, I'm just going to listen. I just I just want to, you know, I like to listen to what the kids say. You know, I coaches are, who knows if they're telling the truth. <laughs> I, I mean... You know, we used to always tell, you know, tell it like it is, but there's some things, you know, you know, you don't tell them what you're doing. Maybe you put new stuff in, you don't do any of that kind of stuff. And, you know, and you don't really talk about the other team unless they're asked. And one of the things that happens with the press is they they try to bait, you know, bait a lot of the players into saying something that maybe isn't very good to say, like you play Northwestern. You know, there's guys that have tricks when they're when they're in the press. So you want to kind of warn them about a little bit of that stuff, and um, you know that you're that you're doing, and in the early part especially, uh, because I know we had players that, you know, they they were so intense that uh, you know a, a press a person could say something and really get them fired up and get him saying something that maybe most of the team didn't want them to say. You know, and those things do happen. There's Charlie McBride joining us on a Monday. Charlie, you stay cool this week. Stay in that air conditioning. No need to toughen up uh, yourself this week, all right? <laughs> I don't know about the air conditioning part of it. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I, the best way to figure solve that is just go jump in the water. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, Charlie, you know, get in the water and get cooled off. Enjoy that. We'll, we'll talk to you next week, all right, bud? Okay. okay. Have a good week, guys. I'll talk to you next week. Okay. Bye now. Bye, Coach. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back in on a Monday, Elijah Herbal and Will Wilson taking you through this Hale Varsity Radio show as uh, Big Ten media days get underway tomorrow. We're looking forward to that. And uh, just really the return of football season as a whole, the final week of July. Is my math correct there? I think so. Yeah, final week. Next Sunday is the 31st, so I guess it kind of depends if you consider, you know, like 
the 31st being a Sunday? Is that the start of the week or is it Monday? And that's the question for a whole whole other time. Learned at elementary school the start of the week is Sunday, but the older I get, I get the more I go, no, it's Monday. Really? I think that too. Yeah. The start I of the think week, that too. Start of the week's Monday. Sunday is just kind of like a day that doesn't really count, you know? It's kind, yeah. of, it's kind of its own thing. Yeah, you're right. It is. Big time. So Good stuff done day. Yeah, we, we could get into a whole segment about the, the semantics of the weekday versus the weekend and when a week starts, but we won't. We won't bore you with that. We'll get back into this Big Ten Confidential. We hit on this a little bit back in hour one, what the coaches had to say about Nebraska. And if you missed that segment, uh, this Big Ten Confidential, again, uh, they talked to a Big Ten head coach as well as an assistant coach in the Big Ten West, a Big Ten staffer, a Big Ten analyst, and a recently graduated Big Ten football player. So they kind of have the whole gamut of head coach to assistant coach to staffer, analyst. They, they got the whole gamut, and uh, they were asked a couple of questions. We, we talked in hour one about Nebraska. Um, the coaches talking about the, the turnover here, saying they got potential to, to really pop in 2022, but they also got the potential to remain disappointing. Um, it kind of comes down to Mark Whipple and that new offense. So that's what they thought of Nebraska. There was that interesting comment we talked about about tradition, but uh, let's get into some of the other things uh, that were mentioned. The, the first and, and most pressing issue for these people was the Michigan versus Ohio State race in the Big Ten East. And uh, the head coach who joined said that Ohio State has no business getting beat this year. They should win every single game. The ball is in their court to figure out where they want to be. So that's what the head coach has to say about Ohio State, which I think is a fair point. It's a current head coach. That's a current head coach within the Big Ten, yes. So I, when you say these, I'm trying to figure out who would say that. And that's got to be a team pick to finish, like, bottom of the conference. Well, uh, this story was done by Austin Meek and Scott Docterman. Uh, Scott, we obviously know, uh, is with Iowa. So you wonder, he's got connections right. there. He's but been you, on the show. Yeah you, yeah, you would think they'd maybe get a little separation from themselves. Austin Meek, uh, he's the writer for Michigan. Okay. So you got to keep that in mind, that these guys close with Michigan and Iowa. I'd assume at least one of these guys they've talked to is either from Michigan or Iowa. If not more, you think, but okay. for something tells me that the, the the head coach they're talking to might be a little distant. I think so too. And the way this guy talks, Fleck, F- really, F- Fleck might be the guy that I think these comments could be coming from from the head coach. But that's just all that's pure that. speculation from me. I mean, the, this the way this quote is phrased. They've got no business getting beat, if you ask me. For some reason, that that comes off Flecky. Okay. But we also had uh, the, uh, the the comments from the assistant, uh, excuse me, the staffer, who said what we thought coming into 2021 last year uh, was that this is a different program than when Urban was there. Went on to say Urban was maniacal, and obviously that's come out now in a different way, uh, but there was an edge to the program, a certain level of toughness, uh, and I don't know if they have that anymore. Ryan Day is amazing, as good there is as an offensive play caller and a tremendous human being, but they're not going to show up on Saturday and push you around. That's what the Big Ten staffer had to say. Now, he's not a guy who's down in the trenches. He's not a former player. He's not an assistant coach. But he, he is within a program and knows what – maybe it's what their scouting report was last year in Ohio State or even just what he saw from his couch sitting at home watching Ohio State games. But he says they lack toughness, and that's what Schmidt and I have talked about on this show before. Why they lose to Michigan last year? They got out physical and they couldn't throw the ball around in the snow. Yeah, he might not be was, wrong. And whenever you think back to last year, Minnesota gave him a really good scare in the first half. And Ohio State came out and did much better in the second half. But why did Minnesota control that game in the first half? They out-physicaled Ohio State. That's been the formula to beat Ohio State since Ryan Day has, has took, taken over. If, yeah. you, if you want to beat Ohio State, if you want to give yourself a chance, you have to go out in the field and out-physical them. Mm-hmm. 
and that might be just you know motivating your players i remember talking to a guy who actually played for urban at utah he was on that championship team and he said that you know there wasn't a coach that he played for that can motivate his players as good as urban meyer so i mean that would explain that Mm -hmm. Uh, in the eyes of the big 10 head coach though the last thought here is that the the race between Michigan and Ohio State hinges on the defense. Ohio State bringing in that new uh, defensive coordinator, Knowles, from Oklahoma State. And you saw what he built with uh, with the Pokies down there. Right. Did quite well. He's uh, one of the, the, the hotter candidates in terms of being a, a defensive coordinator. He's the new guy at Ohio State. If he can bring that defense up to, to live up to their recruiting rankings, that's uh, a, a national championship contender they got in Ohio State this year, I think. C.J. Stroud, you expect him to make a jump in year two. Jackson Smith and Jigba's already probably the best wide receiver in the Big Ten based on what we saw. I mean, we saw it against uh, Nebraska last season. Yeah. Dude was incredible. And then he went and torched Utah for 300 yards in the Rose Bowl. Like, he was just a guy who was waiting for his time, and, he, and his time is now. Uh, Smith and Jigba and C.J. Stroud's going to be a, a lethal combination. And when you add to the fact uh, yet Travion Henderson, yeah, that, who's coming back for another year, that, that offense is something scary. So if the defense can be average in the Big Ten, that, that Ohio State team is going to be scary. i got to lean towards Ohio State, which is pretty much the consensus yeah. here is uh, Michigan's losing too much on defense. Uh, Aiden, Dax Hill, uh, let's see, who else did they leave? Oh, uh, 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 Ajabo, excuse me. And Michigan also a new defensive coordinator this year as well. So right. that, that'll be something to follow. Yep. That'll be something to follow. Uh, elsewhere, uh, they, these coaches talked about the wild, wild west, which we talked about with Aaron. Um, Wisconsin and Iowa, the favorites, but really there's uh, just anyone. Anyone can, can come and take that Big Ten West crown. So uh, Purdue is up there with their pass-heavy offense and what they bring back in Aiden O'Connell. Um, Nebraska is unpredictable because of how they've tinkered. Um, but the uh, the defensive assistant said the Big Ten is supposed to be known for stability and consistency. Now you've got two teams on the west side of the league um, that you don't know what you're going to have. You can go into that Nebraska game and just have no idea what you might get. said maybe Mark Whipple will find a way to put some consistency into it, but he said as long as Scott Frost is there, there has been zero consistency in what Nebraska is going to be running offensively. You don't know what you're going to get. And then you go against Purdue, who could throw the ball 55 times a game, or they could run the ball 55 times a game, depending on what the weather looks like, what their defensive matchup is. And he says that's, that pre- presents a unique challenge uh, to teams, at least in the Big Ten East. So maybe this analyst is from uh, the East, where he says you usually can go into the Big Ten West prepared for a power run scheme from whoever you're going to face, but it's not necessarily the case this year. Um, I mean, even Illinois has a new offensive coordinator after only one year. So you, You'd expect with Bielema it's going to be run heavy, but there's just a lot of question marks in the Big Ten, not in just in terms of how good these teams are going to be, but even what they're even going to do, both offensively and defensively. And we've talked before on this show, Nebraska looks poised to flip the defense from a 3-4 to a 4-3, which last year right. we, we saw enough 4-3 that I think the team's got it on film, but if they're running primarily 4-3, that changes up what an offense is going to be able to do against Nebraska. So Nebraska is the biggest wild card, but it, it's a, a wild card in a division full of wild cards. Yeah, I don't know if uh, what that guy said is like a good. I think it's like a good and bad thing. You know, it's a good because teams might not know what the hell's throwing at them, but it's a bad thing because of the consistency, like like he said. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. And you know, kind of what he said is exactly why I think we're picked fifth. Is this exactly what you said? Is that nobody knows? Mm-hmm. Nobody knows what to expect from us. So how are you supposed to have a good grip on a prediction? And that's what, that's what we saw last year when Nebraska went off to Champaign and played Illinois. They didn't know what they were going to get, and it hurt them. So uh, I don't think 
on, on the flip side of the coin, I don't think Nebraska wants to beat teams this year by surprising them, though. That's not the Scott Frost way. But it you might know? have to be because you have a new OC, you have more new coaches, you have new talent. That might have to be it. That could be a good thing. Well, we'll see. That's uh, that's what the uh, the Big Ten anonymous staffers, coaches, whatnot. I'm not sure what you want to call those 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 you know the not necessarily coaching staff, but anonymous panel. That's what the anonymous panel had to say about the Big Ten West. We'll finish this off with Michigan State. What they had to say about them. Uh, the analyst on the Big Ten, the anonymous analyst, saying, "I think they're really good. Tucker's got them going in the right direction. The way the college landscape is going, it's more like the NFL with free agency, which we hit on back in our one right. United will." Um, Tucker was in the NFL and knows how to bring guys in and get them ready to play like a free agent. They play hard for him. Yeah. The, the additions, which we were talking about back in hour one for Michigan State, Jalen Berger of Wisconsin, uh, Chris Bogle from Florida, and Amir Speed from Georgia. Bogle is an edge rusher. Amir Speed is a cornerback. So those are the, the big name additions that Michigan State's brought in this year, shoring up the defense just a little bit and bringing in someone to hopefully replace Kenneth Walker. You're never going to replace him, uh, but you can find a guy that can at least – tote the rock because Peyton Thorne's not a he's not an NFL quarterback he's not a guy who's going to beat you by uh, by on his own no we we almost beat him we almost beat him with uh their running back so I you know other than Tucker being able to bring guys in and and play I'm not buying into Michigan State quite yet well the head coach said everyone seems to be jumping on Michigan State but he's dubious they kind of hit lightning in a bottle with that running back he covered up a lot of issues for them yeah definitely when you have a guy that's good, yeah, definitely. Well, look at what Nebraska did in the second half. They shut down the running game in the second half, and Michigan State was floundering. Mm-hmm. They needed they needed a an absolute f up from Nebraska on special teams to have a chance in that game. God, I hate. I was watching that game with you. I hate. Yeah. Thinking, I hate thinking about that game because if you win that game, think about what it does. It probably gives you a lot of confidence that you could win a game. Who knows what that season's like well, if we win that. You and I were watching that game on Schmitty's back patio. Yeah. We are sitting there. He's got the outside TV, grilled us up some delicious pork chops. It was awesome. It was nice. And then I had to get back here. You guys were doing the show live from his back patio, our Real Red Reaction show. And I had to jump in my car and drive back over here to the station all the way across town. And we're winning whenever I hop in the car. And then in that the while we're listening on the radio, Michigan State returns that punt for a touchdown, like literally probably two minutes before I pull up here. And I walk into the station, I look at the score, and I look at the stadium, and I go, oh, I don't even want to go again. You probably can't say what you said on the radio. No. <laughs> it's rough. Yeah, and that was that was a brutal one. So yeah. Michigan State, that will stick in Nebraska's craw for a while, I think, that game right there. But that, anyway, that's the Big Ten Confidential. A great story from Scott Docterman, as well as Austin Meek, as uh, we can speculate all we want about who those guys actually were talking. But they, they bring up some valid points. Um, Nebraska is a wild card. Ohio State's still the team to beat. And, uh, I mean, is that is that – we talked about predicting the West – or predicting the Big Ten to lead off the show. Is Ohio State your, your pick in the Big Ten this year? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan can get it together because they do recruit well. They did bring in some more talent. If they could fill in those spots, then they may still be uh, tough to deal with. But – yeah, I'm not there yet. Yeah, not not only is Ohio State my favorite for the Big Ten, they're they're a, one of my top teams for the college football playoff this year. So I, I think they're they're nationally a force to be reckoned with, not just in the Big Ten. I agree. Which that's what it's been for a couple years now, but that Ohio State team this year is going to be dangerous. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show. 
podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price. That means that you can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And now, and now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. Rolling through a Monday while Schmitty is away off to Indianapolis. It is Elijah Herbal and Will Wilson taking you through the show today as we preview the start of fall camp, talk a little bit about some Big Ten media day storylines, and we heard from Aaron Sorensen back in hour one. That one is posted up on ESPN Lincoln's Twitter and Facebook, as well as ESPNLincoln.com. We also heard from Charlie McBride to kick off hour one another uh, Black Shirt Monday with the coach, Charlie McBride. Is, that was a fun conversation. That one uh, I have not yet posted up on ESPNLincoln.com. I am uh, busy hosting a show, obviously. So uh, that will be up shortly following the conclusion of the Hail Varsity show. And as always, you can check out Hail Varsity Radio wherever you get your podcasts. That's Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or the Hail Varsity YouTube page. But uh, really, if I missed anything there, uh, really, wherever you like to get your podcast, you can check out Hail Varsity Radio. And I'll just briefly say this. Uh, I think Schmidt wants to talk about it a little bit more when he's back, but it's officially been announced. Starting next Monday, you will be able to hear Hail Varsity Radio up in Omaha. Uh, for our Omaha listeners, ESPN 590 from 4 to 6 every single day. That move will be next Monday. We're super excited for that. I'll, I'll let Schmitty uh, do a little bit more of the talking, but that news has been broken, so I can present it to you. That will be on ESPN 590 from 4 to 6, as well as uh, wherever you hear us right now beginning next Monday. So that's uh, very exciting stuff, and I'm sure Schmitty will tell you a little bit more about that as we get closer to that date a little bit later this week as he returns from Big Ten Media Days. But got some more things in the work and it's in the works, and we're, uh, we're excited for all those things, and uh, we'll let you know as we are allowed to, I Very guess. Very cool. So, Congrats, guys. So that uh, should be fun. If you're uh, listening to us in podcast form in Omaha, though, you can start catching us live on ESPN 590 next week. So that is fun stuff. Where we're going to go with this conversation before we get out of here is away from Husker football into something that everyone wants to talk about, and that's the quarterback position. And we're going to talk about the highest level of the game, the NFL, the athletic. I love the athletic. If you can't tell by the stories I have chosen to talk about here today, uh, the athletic is good stuff. Um, It is well worth the subscription price in my mind, just because uh, not only is it covering Nebraska or whatever team you like, it's covering all of them. And they have great beat writers for uh, just about every single team out there. So uh, I they're not paying me to say this. I'm just saying it right now. I do quite enjoy the athletic and they've released their tier list for NFL quarterbacks, and uh, this is a four-tiered system, Tier 1, Tier 2, Tier 3, Tier 4, with Tier 1 being the best and Tier 4 being uh, replaceable and bad uh, for the most part. Um, that's the easiest way to put it. I guess there's five. There's a fifth tier, hmm. and those that Tier 5 guys are the guys who are just like not starting. So yeah. only one guy is a Tier 5. That is Geno Smith, if you were huh. wondering. Uh, coming in just above Geno Smith at 34 is Drew Locke. So that's what we're talking here in terms of both uh, on Seattle. Um, Geno Smith is the only tier five quarterback. Drew Locke is the final among tier four. So that's what we're looking at for tier four. Um, tier three, we're looking at the, the Tua's of the world, the Carson Wentz's of the world. Uh, you get up to tier two and we're talking uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, excuse me, Kirk Cousins, Matt Ryan, those types of people. 
uh, in tier one, you have the, the names that you would expect. Um, and I'm not going to spoil that for you now, Will, because I want to get your guess on who you believe uh, is the number one quarterback according to this uh, little poll put out by The Athletic. And for reference, uh, the people that were polled include media members and uh, members of coaching staffs, front offices, and whatnot. So it's a real comprehensive poll of everyone who is in and around the game of, of the NFL uh, that have gone and ranked these quarterbacks. So do you have a guess of who the number one quarterback for 2022 is coming into the season? I, I know who it should be, and I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes. You would be wrong. Okay, it's either got to be Tom Brady or uh, Josh Allen. Missed him again. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. Oh, geez. Aaron Rodgers comes in at number one. This is the second consecutive year that he has received a unanimous vote as being a tier one quarterback. Not a single uh, member of this poll ranked him lower than the first tier um, simply because of what he's been doing for a long time. Hmm. Um, the coach, uh, oh, sorry, a defensive coordinator said, I can't wait to rate him as a two. That will be the favorite day of my career. Wondering <laughs> if maybe that is a, uh, a divisional opponent there. Um, but this is the sixth time in nine years that Rodgers was a unanimous tier one choice. Uh, that same defensive coach said, where is the flaw? He can make every throw. He has great command of things. He can read defenses. And he's challenging to go against because of the mental part of his game. I mean, we're going to find out. Uh, I When I did my quarterback rankings, I, I think I put him fourth. And that's just because, I don't know, at that last playoff, I, I expected more out of him even when he had Devontae Adams. Now he doesn't have Devontae. So we're going to see if uh, they're right with this upcoming season where he has less talent he's throwing to. At number two, we have Patrick Mahomes. Okay, I'm sure the Chiefs fans listening's, uh, listening may be a little frustrated by this, but uh, he came up one vote shy of tying Aaron Rodgers for that number one spot. He received okay. one tier two vote. I feel better a, then. Um, a veteran defensive play caller thinks there were times last season uh, to re- that when Mahomes failed to read defenses the way that he considers a, a top-tier quarterback should. Um, he says... We love Mahomes because of his unorthodox throws, not because of his pocket presence. When that disappears, that's why they lose games. Uh, I don't think that is a one. I think that is a two. Nothing against the guy. I love him. I think he's a great quarterback. But take away his first read, and what does he do? He scrambles and plays street ball. <laughs> well, the the counterpoint to that is whenever he scrambles and plays street ball, he still could be the best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, definitely. I mean, th- that was what the Bills did last season, and what he did, he hung 49 points on him. Yep. He was scrambling around playing street ball, and oh, guess what? Touchdown. I know. He's, he's a wild card. That's He's one of the few quarterbacks that could do that. Rounding out the top five, we have Tom Brady coming in at three. Okay. Josh Allen coming in at four. And at five, we have Justin Herbert. So according to these mm-hmm. uh, this poll, those are your top five quarterbacks in the NFL. You, you gave a reaction there at five. Well, I just don't think he's he's done enough. Like, I, I, I think he's going to be really good, but I, I don't know why Matt Stafford doesn't get as much love. So Matt Stafford comes in on this one as the first quarterback in the second tier. Okay. So that's number seven. All right. Do you have a guess who number six is the final tier one quarterback according to this poll? Hmm. So we have uh, Brady off the board, Rodgers off the board, Mahomes is off the board, Josh Allen's off the board. Who else would you put up there with those guys? I think Russell Wilson's got to be on that. Russell Wilson comes in at eight right behind Matt Stafford. Okay. Uh, Then it's got to be Derek Carr or Kirk Cousins. You're forgetting a big name here. Um, it could be recency bias based on what he did in the playoffs last season. I who he played in the Super Bowl. Uh, well, oh, uh, he played in the Super Bowl and his name is not Matt Stafford. 
Oh, come on, Will. Oh, he's blanking on the name. Oh, I'll put him on the spot. I am blanking on the name. Went Why to, am I blanking on the name? Went to LSU. Oh, Joe Burrow. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> uh, that, that's fair. Moment from Will, yeah. So he, he comes in at number six on the list, which I think is fair. Russell Wilson, eight. Let's just round out the top ten. Nine, Deshaun Watson. That's based on what he does on the field. Yeah. Let's throw that out there. Make sure that's, <laughs> that's on the table. Thank you. Uh, and then at ten, we have Lamar Jackson. Okay. Who, uh, Lamar Jackson... The, the the knock against him is they say when the play the the play action game goes away from him whenever the Ravens can't establish a running game he's not a top tier quarterback the the Lamar Jackson disrespect is is so high like he and I even read he's been doing stuff with his throwing motion mm-hmm. in the off season so I'm I, with you I, I I think Lamar Jackson is actually underrated in the NFL big time um from casual fans maybe not but from the people who like think they know football I think Lamar Jackson is underrated. And I'm not going to say it's a race thing, even though I think that has been thrown out there a lot. And I think in, at times that is fair. Um, I, I do think he does tend to struggle whenever his running game isn't there, whenever he is forced into straight dropbacks. He struggles more than he usually does, but that's because statistically, whenever he has his play-action game, he's arguably the number one quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. So whenever he sinks to, oh, fourth or fifth best in the NFL because his running game isn't there, people are going to clown him, and I don't think that's necessarily fair. But Lamar Jackson rounds out your top 10. Yeah, number 11, if you're wondering, Dak Prescott. So uh, quarterback tiers there. We'll wrap up Hail Varsity Radio after this. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hail Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we produce. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at hailvarsity.com. Just go to hailvarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Wrapping up a Monday edition of Hail Varsity Radio here. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. It's Elijah Herbal and Will Wilson taking you through this Monday edition as Schmitty is off to Indianapolis. We'll be live from Big Ten Media Days for the show tomorrow as uh, sitting down with uh, the who's who of the Big Ten. Big Ten Media Days are always a good time, and uh, we can't wait to get through those. Some long days for Schmitty and myself, but man, do we get some good content, and uh, it's kind of that that sign. Football season is here. Yeah. You get through media days, especially with Nebraska opening camp. Uh, we'll be getting media availability, uh, I believe, beginning next week, as uh, we'll get some post-practice stuff uh, from players and coaches, not assistants, but coaches. Yep. And uh, that, man, I can't believe it's already here. You you just can't stay in that chair, can you? You are you are jacked, man. Dude, it's it's like one of those things where, as soon as, well, I guess I I had my Colorado Avalanche to keep me um yeah occupied this summer, but like really from like April, once you kind of realized the Husker baseball team was wasn't as great as you thought they might be this season, once that happened, it was just like, man, football season just just get here already. I'm not saying I'm not excited, but. You know the little kid in me that's that used to always be jacked for football season. It's it's not quite there, and I don't know why. Part of it, I think, has to do with you know us not being good the past few years, and also just not really having a good grip on 
on the team and and, and how good we're going to be or how bad we're going to be. Uh, so I'm, I'm literally just kind of waiting and seeing. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm excited for Husker football. It's you know, it's 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 something big in the state. I grew up here. You know, of course I love it. But I think with all that being said, I'm just not like the little kid excitement. I'm not quite. I don't have that for some reason. Well, I, I get this, but like whenever like I really realize like football season is here, is that first NFL regular season Sunday when I can just flip on uh, NFL Red Zone and, and Scott Hastings can take me through everything. Right. Um. Hanson? It's Hastings, right? I think it's Hanson. Hanson. Hastings is the uh, the Nuggets play-by-play guy. That's why I said the Hastings. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, Hanson, and then, yeah, I mean, I always get the Sunday ticket. So, like, I'm just flipping between all the games I want. Oh, that first NFL Sunday with, like, your new fantasy team, too. So, like, looking at the roster, and you're like, I think this is the year I finally win it all. And then that first Sunday, that crashing realization comes down whenever that running back you took in the third round only gets, like, six carries in week one, and you go, oh, no. You may have to uh, buy a new subscription here soon. I saw that. Yeah. I saw that because I have been grandfathered in on my uh, my college plan for a Sunday ticket. They haven't, like, emailed me, like, hey, you still a, you still a student? <laughs> so I'm still just paying, like, that discounted student price. And I'm really hoping it doesn't change services because I don't know how I'm going to convince them I'm still a student whenever I'm not. <laughs> you may have to fork it up, Elijah. Yeah, no. S- Sunday ticket, though, worth every penny in my book. If you're, like, an NFL fan... I get so tired of, oh, well, you have to watch the Chiefs and the Packers this week. There's no other choice. That's what you got. Like, come on. Like, I, I want to watch my fantasy team. I want to go watch the freaking Carolina Panthers just because the, I got Christian McCaffrey or whatever. No, like, I get it. Like, yeah. Sun- Sunday ticket is a must-have in my world. Well, you may have to be like the rest of us and get stuck watching the Cowboys every single day at 3 o'clock. Well, wait, right now it sounds like the uh, the people that are in on getting Sunday ticket are Apple, Amazon, ESPN Plus and YouTube TV and Google. That's a late and edition. Google. Yep, that would be interesting too. So, as long as I get to watch every single Sunday or every single game on Sundays, I'm happy. And I'm with a, you. A, not a, and not at a ridiculous price. That's true sure. too. But uh, we'll see. Uh, Hail Varsity will be back from Big Ten Media Days in Indianapolis tomorrow. We'll talk to you then. A Huda Media Production.